This is Who Kicked the Corner Flag, an English soccer game show podcast. It's an open goal, and the opportunity is taken by Raheem Sterling. In behind for Salah, and Salah for Mane! It comes in an instant for Liverpool. They're sliding, it's in! Lucas Moura with the hat-trick goal! Spurs are going to the Champions League final! And here's your host, James Rose. Greetings and welcome to episode three of our third season. Once again, we're here to test the knowledge of the weekend's Premier League events and what better way to do it than in stylish, quizzical form. But I need some contestants to help me do that. My first contestant is the leader of the Kansas City Spurs fan group, the man who is loving the new Taylor Swift album drop and is no longer willing to put Newcastle's Joe Ellington into his fantasy team. Ouch. It's Jerry Basamente. How are you, bud? You know how I am, James. <laughs> I kind of want you to say it, though. Maybe just kind of, you know, just just talk it out, man. Just talk it out. Well, briefly, uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is a dark, dark, sullen existence that is football. And maybe Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, but anyway, we might get on to that. Uh, and also back with me today is the leader of the Kansas City Gooners, the man who loves a black cherry white claw for breakfast and who now has mixed feelings about David Louise to be continued it's voice richardson how are you you know off to london on friday ready to make jared's misery even worse Ooh, spicy i like it it's going to be an interesting one that's for sure and we are pleased to welcome some new guests on our show they're the geniuses behind the hugely successful wow. total so yeah I'm, I'm giving it guys uh the total soccer show podcast with episodes on the premier league u.s men's national team la liga and the Bundesliga. They've recently started a new podcast called Soccer 101, which helps break down the fundamental elements of the beautiful game, which we may not have known about. Definitely <laughs> worth a listen. Coming to us today from Richmond, Virginia, please welcome Taylor Rockwell and Dal Grove. Guys, how are we doing? Hello. Well, as the only Wolves fan on this show, I believe I'm the only person that got a point this weekend. So I'm, I'm out ahead already. <laughs> All right. So Daryl's starting off on that foot. And hello, gentlemen. I'm Taylor. <laughs> Man, this is going to be wild. We're all feeling it a little bit, uh, but you know it's okay. Deep breaths. It's going to be great. We'll just quiz it out. It's going to be. Uh, it's going to be marvelous. Quiz it out. I mean, not everyone can afford the entire Portuguese national team, Daryl. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be awesome. Maybe uh, they should try harder. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's kick off with a round of question of the match. The contest where each person gets a statistical question from the most significant fixtures from the weekend. Uh, three points on offer for a correct answer. And here are this week's categories. Liverpool, march on. The Blues clip the Canaries. United miss again. Tottenham get varred by the Magpies. And <laughs> Daryl, as one of our guests, you're going to get to go first. So to start off, go ahead and pick a category from the four listed. Ooh, let's go Liverpool march on. Liverpool march on. Good choice. Sorry, boys. Sorry, boys. <laughs> <laughs> don't be sorry it's fine. don't it's, you dare apologize to <laughs> it's fine I, I feel as though i'm probably getting the back end of this question oh man <laughs> liverpool become the only team now to play three win three as they beat the gunners at anfield final score there is three to one all right daryl your quiz question for this one how many games have liverpool now gone unbeaten at anfield is it 28 38 or 43 28 Oh, unlucky, bud. No, it is, believe it or not, 43. 43, wow. the top option. They are on some kind of mad march there in Anfield. But uh, let's talk about... The Anfield those. Invincibles. Let's, let's, let's go with it. <laughs> let's run with it. Um, but question for you, Daryl. Do you think Liverpool are actually looking a little bit stronger now than they did last season? They're more primed to actually go for the Premier League title this time? 
Yeah, I mean, I think they look similar. I think they were primed to go for the Premier League title last season. And any, I mean, almost any other year they would have won it, right? So mm-hmm. the, it looks like the only thing that could stop them is Pep Guardiola and co. Mm-hmm. I agree. And any, uh, do you see any slip-ups from any of the other teams like City or anything else? Or what do you think on that respect? Not so far. I mean, I really think it's Man City, Liverpool, same as same as last same season. As before. Yeah, yeah. It's carbon copy. Um, boys, so let's talk about Arsenal in this one. Uh, what was their biggest question mark from this match? Defending. Does that sound surprising to anyone? I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I think you look at the first half of the first 40 minutes. They were certainly... Arsenal, that is, outplayed by a Liverpool team that's just rampant at Anfield. The expectation for any Arsenal fan going in would have, at best, been potentially that we could offensively overwhelm them. I think Emery chose a pretty conservative lineup that put us in a position where there was almost a flat-back five, where, or a flat-back six, actually, where in situations where Mane was on the left-hand side, Guendouzi was actually overloading on the wing, and Maitland-Niles was actually tucked inside the 18-yard box as our right-back. You know, it just so much fear of the offensive potential of Liverpool. He left Lacazette on the bench. I, you could see what he was trying to do in terms of counterattacking football, playing Pepe and playing Obama Yang. Pepe still not quite the finished article, having just got back from AFCON and still kind of trying to find his foot, his feeding. But he, his he doesn't footing. know where his feet are. Yeah, that it's true. The, that might be the major problem. It's true. He might be actually trying to find his feet. You know, but he got by Van Dyke. He, you know, he he murdered a couple of Liverpool people, but then in the end, the finished product just wasn't there. He couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. There was a ball that was basically a pass back to Adrian. You know, you had a situation where Aubameyang tried to take advantage of an Adrian error and didn't. And then all of a sudden, as they always do, you know, it was kind of surprising that it was from Joel Matip of all people. But <laughs> right, right at the death of the first half, we allowed it to go through. And then over halftime, I don't really know what happened to David Luiz. I don't know if he got body snatched or if just like Sideshow Bob decided to come out, but it was dreadful. You know, again, Emery didn't make any changes at the half. Exactly what you expected to happen did. We didn't offensively overload. We sank back and then Liverpool just put it into fifth gear and it was over. You know, Luiz drugged back and just... It was obvious. I don't. It's hard to even believe that you would do that to Mo Salah in the penalty box and think that a penalty wouldn't be awarded. It was kind of weird because Salah wasn't even really asking for a penalty, but it got awarded anyway. Yeah. And yeah. Louise immediately put his hands up, right? Like yes, I said, de- I definitely didn't do anything. Just <laughs> and we don't no have any. <laughs> and there's no sort of replay technology to see whether or not I did that either. Well, so definitely it, don't check that. They made the excellent point on the Arsenal blog this morning that it's like, did David Luiz and Socrates just miss the VAR agenda? Like, do they not know? Are they unaware? Like, David Luiz is looking like, I don't know. I had no idea that you couldn't do that. And it's just, everything kind of slowed down and got weird. And then from that point forward, again, I mean, Emery's not making, he's not putting Lacazette on until the 80th minute. Pepe still not scoring goals. I, I think... You'll see some changes this week against Spurs. There are just questions about Emery's lineup and his starting 11 and how he put them out in formation. But let's let's throw that all aside and say that 95% of the time in that match, if you replayed it over and over again, no matter if Arsenal played like a 4-2-3-1, a 4-3-3, a 3-5-2, it doesn't matter. Liverpool just win that match. And, you know, whether they're going to win the league this year when City just goes out and buys Jao Cancelo and Rodri and just you know they lose race. <laughs> they lose they lose Leroy Sané and they're like no nah, it's fine yeah like we'll figure that out next year we'll figure it out uh Daryl any thoughts on Arsenal from your perspective bud 
Yeah, I was kind of, if I was an Arsenal fan, I'd be worried by how there was this defensive game plan, right? The 4-3-1-2 kind of like maybe uh, attempt to play on the counter-attack, like Boyce said. But after Matip scored that goal, I would have expected the second half they would come out with a slightly different look. Like, we can't play defensive and counter-attack 1-0 mm-hmm. down and give Liverpool all of the ball. But there was never really a change-up in in approach, right? Which kind of concerned me from an Unai Emery perspective that he just didn't have a... Um, okay, if we go one down, this is what we do instead. So that was a little worrying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, not. I mean, I'm not an Arsenal fan, so I'm not worried. But maybe Arsenal fans should be worried. <laughs> I'm. Al- I'm always worried. <laughs> it's good to see you, boys. <laughs> He's always worried. But let's get move on, guys. Uh, and Taylor, this next one uh, is for you. We have three categories left. We have the Blues clip the Canaries, United miss again, and Tottenham get varred by the Magpies. Which one would you like? I'll go United miss again. United miss again. That's a great choice. Mm. Man United miss another penalty as Crystal Palace snatch all three points from the Red Devils at the death. The final score is 1-2. All right, Telly, your quiz question is, when was the last time Crystal Palace beat Man United in the Premier League? Was it 2009, 2003, or 1991? Well, the Premier League didn't exist in 1991, right? So I'm going to say the middle one. Oh, unlucky no. Believe it or not, it was 1991. Would you believe it? It is that long ago that Crystal right. Palace, yeah, they uh, they had something to celebrate. That's for sure from this game. Um, the, the Premier League started in 1992, right? Yeah, that's that's what threw me off there. Ah, now I have to do my research because maybe I got it wrong. Uh-oh. Default points. Uh, we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll check on that. But uh, Also, why, why am I helping Taylor get points? I, I appreciate I it. Just Thank you for that, my friend. <laughs> That's... Deep down, there's a team, a team bonding there. I sense it. I love it. Um, Taylor, let me ask you then about yeah. uh, Manchester United. Their fans called for more values in this game, but do you think they were just hard done by, or was it just another weak performance from their team? I, I think we often say on our show things can be two things, and I think this is an example of that. That I think they, you know, they get the penalty, Rashford misses it. Probably should have converted it. Had he have done that, the game's a little bit different. You should let Pogba take it. Yeah, that would have solved everything. That would have been totally <laughs> fine. And I think that some of the calls definitely make a difference and do color a little bit the way maybe the fans should see the results. But at the same time, I think being unable to break down a fairly bunkered Crystal Palace and also, I think, sort of succumbing to Crystal Palace's exact game plan and mm-hmm. like the only way they're going to score is how United let them score. I think there is also definite reason for concern if you're a United fan, which I will now say I am. Ah, there it is. Big reveal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so as a United fan, uh, where do you see or how long do we see Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at the wheel, should I say? So I have been a little bit uh, conflicted about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer since he came in, not since the interim manager part, but since the permanent manager, just mm-hmm. because there was no real pressure to appoint him. So since that point, I have been a little bit concerned, especially given some of his like substitution uh, choices, some of his tactical uh, decisions as well. I feel like he, because of who he is within that club, he gets probably a longer grace period than most. Mm-hmm. And I think as long as there are moments like VAR to sort of distract from poor performances, then maybe he continues to get longer but I think if they don't start showing the form that maybe they showed on that opening day against Chelsea then I think the the calls for uh, introspection maybe come sooner rather than later that said I think they probably get focused more on Ed Woodward uh, in the short term rather than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer there you go I like that yeah all right Jared uh, what are your thoughts on Crystal Palace this season is this just a lucky win for them or do you think they've got something uh, something in the locker you know, I don't know. I mean, there's talent on this team. Uh, obviously, uh, Wilfried Zaha hanging around, uh, Milivojevic in the middle with value up top. I mean, there's there is some quality here. Uh, uh, you know, uh, you got to love Andres Townsend. Have a have a soft spot in my heart for the former <laughs> Spurs man. 
Uh, but, you know, are they world beaters? Of course not. Um, I think they're probably sitting right where they are. Uh, uh, you know, 10th place. Uh, this is not the Crystal Palace of years past where I think uh, it took them nine matches to score. Was that two years ago? That sounds um, about right, yeah. Uh, it, it was just, uh, I mean, they just, statistically, it was amazing. Uh, but I I think this is a, you know, middle of the pack, uh, you know, team that's going to stay up. Uh, and will it'll be interesting to see you know if they deal uh zaha uh you know plenty of interest uh uh you know come knocking on the door i don't know if uh, uh i didn't track it that much i know there was some connection to spurs but i have no idea what goes on in daniel levy's rat maze of a brain so i've stopped trying to predict it but i think this is a team that'll be you know solidly mid-table uh maybe make some make some noise here and there uh but uh, uh i think it'd be really interesting to see uh, if they kind of nick their way, you know, pretty deep into any of the cup competitions. That's what I'm interested in. Uh, Maybe Man United should go after Wilfred Zaha. I don't know if that's ever happened before. He could <laughs> <definitely> <laughs> happen you know, I was going to say, though, this, this makes the, the, the GM at Manchester United look uh, not so great. But also, I think the idea that Crystal Palace kept on to Zaha is also good for them, right? You know, I mean, they valued him at 110 million pounds or whatever it was, and people kind of looked a little bit strange, like they were deranged over there. But when your basically maintenance in the Premier League relies entirely on one player, you value him at 110 million pounds and tell people to come get him, because if not, they're going to be mid-table and they're going to stay up. Let's move on. Jared, we are over to you, bud. We have two topics left. We have the Blues clip the Canaries, and Tottenham get varred by the Magpies. I wonder which one you're going to pick. Oh, come on. Say Spurs for me. Say Spurs for me, please. Uh, why would I do anything for you? Like, I, I, I drove past you when you had a flat tire, boys. Uh, let's talk about Spurs. Let's rip the band-aid off, so to speak. Tottenham feel the rough side of VAR for once and suffer a home loss to Newcastle. The final score is 0-1. All right, Jared, your quiz question from this one. How much possession did Tottenham have overall in this game? <laughs> Was it 69%, 73%, of it. <laughs> or 100 No, uh, 69 it 100%. <laughs> 69 73 or 79%? Uh, 73 Unlucky, but no, it was actually 79, would you believe it? Or 79.6? Wow, I knew it was 70. <laughs> Christ, it was that high. Something. That's so many percent. <laughs> Point six. To be six fair, I think it was 80% at halftime. So they really lost lost track in that second half to really drop <laughs> oh, that much. Good God. <laughs> they just kind of gave up recording. It's just, yeah, it's high. It's 80%. Let's just go with that. <laughs> um, all right, Jared, let's, let's, let's really talk this emotion out now. So what is, what is happening? Let's talk about the game, first of all, um, why they didn't show up um but then maybe kind of hint at maybe some behind the scenes kind of stuff too what's what's going on there so i think um you know the more i kind of reflect on this uh spurs had plenty of chances to nick one and draw back level and even take the lead right i mean there were several i the the lucas mora chances alone uh were shocked that some of them weren't even put on frame uh harry had a couple that he kind of bottled um but uh uh it is you know, we're a couple of uh, a couple of breaks away from really being uh, really in that match, but that really underscores the problem, right? I'm talking about being in the match. No disrespect to Newcastle, but this was a match that you expected Newcastle at home to walk away with points. There is plenty of fodder uh, with respect to the locker room, uh, whether or not having Christian Eriksen 
even around the team on the bench is causing discord. He clearly doesn't want to be there. You're sending, I was reading an article where you're talking about sending the message that your starting level isn't good enough. If you're not, if you're not starting Christian Erickson. And uh, the more I think about that, I'm like, well, why not start Christian Erickson? I mean, you look at how really defensive that team was where you have Harry Winks uh, sitting there in the holding created plenty of chances, but Davinson Sanchez just, Playing center back for the first time, I think. I mean, watching that goal is one of the most frustrating things. Uh, just completely losing the man. Danny Rose running over, skidding, sitting on his butt, and just looking around like he is the only man <laughs> who's like, like, wait, we were all we were all supposed to wear the the white kits today, right? Like, mm-hmm. you got to be kidding me. Um, so I think there is some discord there. I do think a little bit that that is kind of you know. Uh, uh, no, fun games for the tabloids. Uh, I, I, I like to think that all these lads get along, uh, but it is now a distraction, and it is something that Poch really has to figure out an answer for because uh, uh, the the biggest problem that we've talked about year after year uh, with the Spurs uh, squad uh, hasn't really been talent. It has been depth of that talent, and we are now proving uh, that we are more Crystal Palace than we are Manchester City, right? Uh, if this one player can have that much of an influence and that much uh, of an effect on a mid to low level Premier League team at home, then forget about it. I really I don't know what the answer is, except for either securing Erickson for the future or getting a deal done and working Lo Celso and Ndombele in and 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 just looking past because our the uh, our our time with Christian Erickson has come to an end. Mm-hmm. Guys, uh, Daryl Taylor, I'll throw it to you. What are you, what are you guys' uh, thoughts on Tottenham and uh, their current dilemma, so to speak? I think the like I think people focus a lot on the absence of Christian Eriksen in the starting eleven as being the big problem, um, and like maybe the team doesn't look as good without him. But it, from what from Pochettino's comments after the game, it seemed to be the presence of a want away Christian Eriksen mm-hmm. seems to be the the major problem, right? Yeah. I think the fact mm-hmm. that he's like not gone, he's still there, but he's he's obviously not in good standing with Pochettino because he wants away. And so he's not starting. And it sounds like maybe that's caused some disruption with the players, right? Based on, based on what Pochettino yeah. said. So I think it's, it's bigger than just Ericsson's not playing. Therefore Spurs aren't good. It's, it's more like a, a possible sort of the ripple effect of his dissatisfaction. I think there's also, there's definitely, um, I mean, I know that there's a lot of Spurs fans on this podcast. Um, <laughs> the temptation to focus on Spurs. Newcastle played like a really disciplined 5-4-1 with Joe Ellington as like the the outlet and it was really successful at holding the ball up from sure. from what I saw. And um, I know that uh, you said that <laughs> Sanchez looked like he'd never played centre-back before and it wasn't a great attempt at that header, but you've got to credit Christian Atsu with that ball, right? He put enough weird backspin on that ball to tempt a, a actually quite experienced defender at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Davison Sanchez. Uh, it tempted him to, into going for it when he couldn't actually get to it. So I think we need to credit Newcastle more and not so much just focus on Spurs problems. But uh, except, yeah. I, I would jump in there to say, like, yeah. I agree with pretty much everything you said, except for the fact that, like, Krishnatsu is fairly wide open and has all the time in the world to, like, almost, like, fake the cross to make Davison Sanchez bite yeah. and then plays that ball in. And so I would even say that is representative of some problems with Spurs that I think yeah. probably an unsettled squad, some rotation, moving people around, trying different stuff because they have to. I think that probably factors into it as well, that that time in the middle 
comes from maybe like one of the midfielders, be it Sissoko or Winks, not necessarily knowing who's supposed to step and when. Yeah. And I think uh, to go back to your point about like the unsettled squad, I mean, Pochettino himself said it's one of the most unsettled teams he's he's managed, or I think it is the most unsettled he's managed since he's been at Spurs. And to me, that does speak to Erickson wants to move. Maybe those conversations are pretty far advanced. Vertonghen Ma- as well, maybe? Is that part that of why he's not be. playing? That's yeah. another question mark, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because, yeah, Vertonghen and Alderweireld, that's a center-back pairing that it's very difficult to score on. Davidson Sanchez and Alderweireld, maybe less so. Yeah, and maybe they're trying, you know, the Alderweireld, he was essentially talking about moving, right? But they yep. seem to just hold on to him long enough that he just was like, all right, I guess I live here now. Yeah, he just forgot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe they're trying the same thing with Ericsson and Vertonghen. And they benched Alderweireld for a while, right? Mm-hmm. While he was doing the same thing. So definitely sure. Pochettino... The evidence is there, right? That when there's a player who wants to leave, he's kind of like, all right, but you you don't wear white in the meantime. I think the problem is the fact that... <laughs> it's after Labor Day for you. Levy started out, <laughs> Levy started off the offseason with a pretty good signing in terms of Ndombele and then has had a disaster class since then. He overplayed every single hand that he had. And now Vertonghen, Alderweireld, and Christian Eriksen are all in the last year of their deal. They're all looking at Bosman's in January to be able to move on next summer. I just don't think there's any impetus for any of those players to leave right now. And especially Christian Eriksen, who wants to go to Real Madrid, who dropped, what, 150 million pounds on Eden Hazard? There's not the money there or really the interest right now with Luka Modric probably entering into the twilight of his career. I I just don't think he goes anywhere. I think you guys cost yourself probably 100 million pounds by not selling players that all went away. And now Pochettino's looking at the squad and not playing players who inevitably are probably still going to be there come next Monday. Mm-hmm. I think uh, maybe there's a little bit of levy action going on there. Maybe. just. Oh, and also, just so I remain consistent, VAR is absolute hot garbage. And <laughs> I was waiting for it that. is, <laughs> I can't, and just, I mean, if that is not clear and obvious, it is the difference of voices. going to love this. It's the difference between Mike Dean blowing the whistle and not. There is no way that call goes the other way. And it's a dive. It's a dive. He he leads away from the ball and into the challenge. He does it all the time. Bless VAR for finally exposing Harry Kane as a fraud. Oh, my God. Listen, just because you want somebody who can actually finish a penalty, don't come whining me. But (laughs) it is absolute garbage that, again, on a we're looking at NFL review on catches and watching it over and over and over again that I don't even know what the hell I'm looking at when if you simply had an official at the end line calling an only thing in the box, they they have a better view than Mike Dean does. That is clear contact. He's barreling into him as a first touch was a good one into space of the box. But again, the fact that that call could have been the difference in this match is in and of itself an issue mm-hmm. as what we've been talking about. So I've said my piece. I'm consistent. VAR is garbage. Let me ask uh, Darren Taylor real quick. Uh, thoughts on VAR, gentlemen? This specific incident, I think Lascelles trips and falls into Harry Kane and takes his left leg out. I think that's definitely a penalty kick. I think Mike Dean should have listened to the VAR people and uh, at least gone and taken a second look at it. He just basically said, I get what you guys are saying, but uh, no, I saw it and I don't think yeah. I don't think it's a uh, penalty. And I think Mike Dean's uh, wrong. And with all respect to uh, 
to Jared and Boyce, I kind of have to disregard your opinions because you, you guys are biased. So <laughs> this is coming from someone who genuinely doesn't yeah. care either way whether Harry Kane gets a penalty or not. Yeah, I, I don't Unless either. I'll add, uh, but I, I I would echo what Daryl said, which is like like Mike Dean not going to look at the screen. That was a kind of consistent theme with what four different games I think could have been uh, yeah. probably penalty should have been given in four different games. I do think this was a penalty and probably should have been called. Oh, Martial um, in the Man United game. Yeah, well. Martial in the Man United game. David Silva mm-hmm. for City, and I would say Aspilicueta for Chelsea as well. And and, and I think the issue is less so VAR, but the way the Premier League is choosing to use it and the way the officials, I think VAR can't override the center official, but the center official isn't required to go look at it himself or herself, depending on the situation. So it feels to me like Mike Dean is going to sit there and say like, yeah, I saw some contact. I don't really care. Yeah. Even if VAR says, yeah, go have a second look. And so it ends up just policing like red card, like red card stamps potentially and offside like minuscule offside at that and i think that yeah. further hurts sort of the standing of var uh when it comes to like the general audience and i i personally like var if you can use it to just get everything right which is you know often they that was what happened in the women's world cup right there were a lot of decisions that seemed like weirdly unfair mm-hmm. like almost morally but like there were things that that was definitely a handball or that was definitely a penalty right. yeah um and called consistently case, as well yeah and called consistently in this case because my guess is the premier league looked at the, the delay when the referee goes over to look at the monitor and everyone gets restless and thought that's not good for our product, essentially, yep. to have the referee like uh, running off and everybody has to wait. Um, and I feel like that's a bad implementation of VAR because you're not using it to its full advantage, right? Mm-hmm. That I fully agree with, actually. Yeah, that's, that's something that's definitely got to change for sure if they're going to keep up with the consistency of it. It's a- garbage. <laughs> Boys, sir, you have this last topic, which is the Blues clip the Canaries. Lampard's Blues, <laughs> Lampard's Blues finally registered a win despite conceding twice in the game against Norwich. Final score was 2-3. to three. All right, boys, your quiz question. What was the average age of Chelsea's starting eleven in this game? 22 years, 25 years, or 29 years? I'm going to say 25 because I think William and Pedro were both in the lineup. He got the points. Yes, that is absolutely correct. It is 25 years. Nice work on that. It is the youngest uh, since November of 2012, believe it or not. So they're still quite a young squad. Um, we've been obviously talking about Chelsea the last couple of weeks, but um, are Chelsea still seeing these scary moments and not confidently putting these teams away? Or is it more down to the youth of the squad and uh, Frankie's managerial style? They're not very good. I think we talked at the beginning of the season about how they weren't very good, and then they were not and lost 4-0 to a Manchester United team who also aren't very good. Hurtful. And, uh, <laughs> sorry. You, you know, and I, at, least, at least Chelsea have an excuse that they didn't have a transfer window in the summer and that they're not going to have a transfer window in the winter window. And then <laughs> Abramovich is going to go out next summer and buy literally everyone because the they have the Portuguese has- national team. Yeah, they have the hazard bunny lying around and wait, and they're going to... Basically, I think what Chelsea do this season is they're going to take all of these young players that they're betting into the team right now, and they're going to turn around, and they're going to sell them for a ton of money, and then reinvest all that money into the team so that you know, you're going to see a star return there next year, which I mean doesn't make me feel any better about anything. But as of right now, I know that Tammy Abraham put two goals away in this, as did Mason Mount, who has burst onto the scene from whence I have absolutely no idea. I had no idea who he was before <laughs> the season started, but... You know, it's a situation where I think this Chelsea team has talent, but I think that they're probably the sixth or seventh best team in the league right now. And that, you know, I think you saw that in the match against Leicester 
where Leicester definitely had opportunities to be able to win that match against them. They got browbeaten by United. I, I think there are going to be a lot of these matches. And I, I think we noticed that maybe Norwich City are going to be world beaters now because they beat mm-hmm. Newcastle 3-1 and then Newcastle beat Tottenham 1-0. And the transitive oh, property just <laughs> need something about that. I don't really know. But, uh, you know, I, I just don't think this Norwich team are that great. Timu Puki's great, but there's a lot in that squad that that needs to be improved and they're barely probably going to hang on this campaign. But as far as Chelsea are concerned, I I don't, I don't really think that Lampard knows exactly what he's doing, which shouldn't really surprise anyone because he's basically like a younger version of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer with a little bit of managerial experience at Derby County. And now he's thrust into a position where he has a very young, pretty inexperienced roster where William is the number 10. And that's just, has there ever been a reduction in the number 10 like Hazard to William? Like, does that not... <laughs> it it kind of hurts, right? Like, that's the greatest reduction in number 10 maybe ever in Premier League history. Mm-hmm. And William's 32. I think Pedro's also 32. Uh, a clear out of seismic magnitude is going to happen for this squad in the offseason. This is an offshoot. They're going to go out of the Champions League group stages back into their Europa League and perhaps somehow wind up playing Arsenal and ruining our season and that again. But, you know, I I just, I, I, for the first time in a long time, when Arsenal go to Stamford Bridge, I I think it's a match that Arsenal should win. And that should tell you everything that you would ever need to know about the season's Chelsea Mm -hmm. squad. Um, Taylor and Daryl, thoughts on Norwich this season? I mean, I, I didn't enjoy that when uh, Timu Puki scored, the commentator tried to make Puki blinders happen. That wasn't okay for me. <laughs> oh yes, he did. <laughs> yes. yes, he Puki did. Blinders How did he do it? He's having a Puki blinder? I think it was that. It was like he's he's having a Puki blinder. Yeah. Something like that, which I wrote in my notes because it, it made me sad. <laughs> uh, I, I actually think Norwich have looked, uh, despite being, I think, they're currently outside the relegation zone, albeit in 17th, but I, I have enjoyed uh, specifically a lot of what I've seen from uh, Timu Puki so far. Uh, I asked uh, our occasional co-host Ryan, uh, like his thoughts on if Pookie would uh, beat Raheem Sterling for the scoring record, sort of tongue-in-cheek, jokingly. And now it seems like maybe he will because he can't stop scoring. So <laughs> I really enjoyed what I've seen from Norwich so far, and we have a, a couple friends who are Norwich supporters, so maybe yeah. that factors into it. But I, I think they will be a fun, exciting team who will probably be battling relegation the whole season. But I think they'll do it in a fun way as opposed to a yeah. sitting back and praying sort of way. I don't know if you guys saw this, but um, Stuart Weber, who is maybe like their technical director or so he's kind of like um, one of the, the the football guys who's in charge of yeah. uh, some decisions. Um, he was on BT Sport talking to Joe Cole and Peter Crouch, who are apparently journalists now. <laughs> <Apparently>. <laughs> um, and he was talking a lot about how they have a defined style of play um, and it, they've, they've signed players to fit that style of play, and Puki fits it exactly. Like, they don't send crosses in. If you notice, you watch Norwich, mm-hmm. they don't send a lot of high crosses in. It's all low balls because that suits Puki's game. And he literally, Stuart Webber said to Joe Cole and Peter Crouch, like, when we're doing our recruitment, Joe, we probably would have signed you. Peter, we never would have signed you <laughs> because you would have just been standing in the box wondering why are there no crosses coming from my <laughs> 
<laughs> but I, I just, I trust, not trust, but I have some faith that Norwich will do pretty well because they've come up with a defined style of play and a group of players that suit that style of play. And that's why Puki's scoring goals. It's not just random. It's because it's all set up for him to to um, excel in the the things that he excels at. And mm-hmm. I would and I would conclude with uh, their coach looks to me like the most Bond villain of any Premier League manager. <laughs> Parkett, <they saw>. yeah. <laughs> Parkett looks so much like he was made to be yeah. a, a Bond villain. Like oh, it's man. the German accent. It's the center part. It's, it's the, the kind hair, of beard. Right? Yeah, it's it all it all factors into at the very least a high ranking henchman. When they concede, it's like when Bond uh, infiltrates the facility. There it is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> love it. Perfect. High ranking henchman. There it is. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Let's go ahead and move on, guys, to our second contest of this quiz, and it is a uh, another round of Rumour Mill. So here is how it works. Uh, same rules as before. I'm going to provide a line or a quote from a newspaper or online resource. All you guys have to do is tell me if what I read out was actually printed or just something that is purely fictional, so something I made up. Uh, two points right. for a correct guess, and Jared is first with this one. Harry Maguire has taken it upon himself to design and produce his own slabhead t-shirts in an effort to curb bullying for the younger generation. Was that printed or just something made up? <laughs> be best, Harry Maguire. Be best. <laughs> oh, please be best. <laughs> what are you going with, Jared? True, why not? You said True. It's yeah. false, unlucky. No, I I made that up. But uh, that would maybe sound kind of true, right? Maybe not. Um, thoughts Harry, on Harry Maguire, Jared? Oh, who cares? <laughs> Was he worth the eighty million? <laughs> I I don't know, man. I'm looking at my own defensive back, and I'm going, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Like it, it, I think it might be a just a product of you know. Uh, the market just kind of pushing things that were paying these astronomical fees now for players. Uh, you know, you have somebody who you cannot dribble past and Virgil van Dyke is Harry Maguire worth more than Virgil van Dyke. No, he's not. Uh, uh, any, anybody would rather have a uh, uh, DVD, but he's a decent defender on a exceedingly mediocre squad. So mm-hmm. good for them. Good for them. But you wouldn't, and you wouldn't get Virgil van Dyke for less than Harry Maguire now, right? Like yeah. Van Dyke was 75 million. No, there's right. no way Liverpool would sell for oh, that yeah. price yeah. now. I, right. I think, It'd be like $7 billion. I actually I, think, right. <laughs> he'd be the first $100 million back, right? I mean, that that's, that's probably what we're looking at. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think, I think, do think he, he started that sort of, that like when you spend that much money on Virgil van Dyke and if it doesn't work out, then it's a gamble that didn't work out. Yeah. But now it's a like, oh, well, yeah, you, you should spend, <laughs> you should spend that much money on a center back. It clearly makes sense. And so I who think was that's the next highest. I think you're right. I mean, cause the next highest wasn't even close, right? Do you uh, know who's still in the top five all time? Trans- no, the all time center back transfer list in the premier league an unsurprising member of the top five. Rio Ferdinand, is he still there? <laughs> For his 30 million from Leeds to United? The answer is Shkodron Mustafi. Wow. <laughs> Not Let great. For a bit. <laughs> Damn it, I Not should have put that in the quiz. That was awesome. <laughs> oh Thanks, God. boys. Not great. <laughs> All right, Daryl, this next one is for you. Ericsson okay. now looks set to sign a contract extension with a £40 million purchase clause option after next season. I mean, if he does, that's bad business, right? So I'm going to say yes. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's false. Again, it's ah. something that is completely made up. Uh, maybe wishful thinking on my part. Obviously, we talked a little bit about Ericsson, but is that a deal that could potentially, I'm being hopeful here, potentially be constructed? 
So they would get him to sign a one-year contract extension, and then with a that means they'd sell him for forty million later. So kind of like with uh, Toby Alderweireld, he'd have to go for if someone triggered that forty million, he would have to go for that. That's a bargain for Ericsson, right? I, I say just get rid of him now. Yeah, I mean, I think I think don't drag it out. I think there's a chance that like if if they are in negotiations with Real Madrid, knowing that Daniel Levy is, I I always as an out as like a, a not Tottenham fan who doesn't like it when my club has to do business with Tottenham because he's a very good negotiator. I feel like there's a chance that they are haggling over the fact that Ericsson is going to be out of contract, and so maybe that's where like 40 million would be the right amount, but it does still feel low. Mm, I like that. Interesting. Uh, Boy Spud, this next one is for you. Manchester United are facing a 12 million pound bill for Alexis Sanchez his wages this season even if the chili forward completes a transfer before the european deadline it's true and it's awesome <laughs> uh wow you've done your homework yes that is absolutely correct and it'll get you that's uh, <laughs> awesome the, get i you love the... it <laughs> uh what's next for alexi sanchez where is he going now <laughs> they, they should not tip, I, I, they should I not tip on that bill no I, I do not. I do not even care. I, I heard rumors that it was Inter Milan, but you know, in every single one of these rumors that I'd read over the course of time, it looks like United are still picking up something like seventy-five percent of his salary. You know, it, you know. I look at this in retrospect. It's not like Arsenal won that deal, really. I mean, maybe in the end you consider Arsenal to be winners because Henrik Mkhitaryan has been a shade better, but it's still somehow siphoning two hundred thousand pounds a week from <laughs> Arsenal to do nothing but sit on the bench. Which isn't to say anything about Mesut Ozil, but Alexis Sanchez is highway robbery right now to make half a million pounds a week and sit on United's bench. And the fact that the Glazers don't really even seem to care and are just willing to countenance Woodward's willing to just send him away is hysterical. The you know the Pogba Alexis thing didn't work out for United, and that brings joy to the deep dark parts of my heart. Sorry, Taylor. <laughs> Just going to reinforce that. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. It's not, not great. Not good. Uh, well, Taylor, this last one is for you, bud. Mm-hmm. After scoring twice in Chelsea's win at Norwich, Tammy Abraham was left behind by the team coach because it took so long to complete a drugs test. Ooh. Uh, I hope that's false because I hope they didn't leave him behind, but I'm going to say true. Why not? It is true. Would you believe it? Yeah, according to the Daily Star. So maybe it they isn't just, true. They just left him? Apparently. Even they didn't know who Tammy Abraham was. They, that's a bummer. That's I was going to say. Did he just? How did he get home? Uh, poor guy. You like, uh, like Uber? Like what's that? <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. According to Daily Star, that was true. All right, guys, let's go ahead and move on to our last contest of this quiz, which is another round of player profile. <laughs> so the rules are the same as before. Again, I'll provide five different clues to a Premier League player, each clue easier than the last. The first person to shout their name and correctly guess their player wins those points, but you only get one guess as an incorrect shot will freeze you out. This week's category is titled European Newbies. And European Newbies. This translates to players new to the EPL this season with experience from the other European leagues. Guys, you ready to go? Let's yeah, so ju- just to uh, clarify, yeah. I have to shout my own name first before I answer. Sh- right? Yeah, I mean, we would do buzzers, but we're not that advanced yet. So, <laughs> so and then it's, yeah. <laughs> oh, so, sorry, go ahead. And then is it, is it, it's one guess total, right? It's not like one guess per round of clues. Uh, so it's one guess, it'll be one guess per person, but if you make okay. a guess and you're wrong, it'll freeze you out for the rest of the clues. So, all right. That is Ooh. the risk on this. Pressure's on. Yeah, Pressure is on. on. It's pretty real. Uh, all right, guys. <laughs> here we go. Plan number one is an Argentine. 
boys. Yes, boys. Lo Celso. Damn it, he's right, guys. Yes, it is absolutely <laughs> correct. Uh, I know your bias. I know you. <laughs> uh, you don't know me. Uh, but maybe you do, because it is. Uh, Giovanni Lo Celso. Uh, the other clues on this one were, is just 23 years old, signed with his club on transfer deadline day, plays for a London club. First name is Giovanni. Giovanni Lo Celso. Nice work on that. All right. So are they all going to be Spurs players? <laughs> they or... might be. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Oh, man. This depends on what mood I'm in. Uh, in the bye Damn it, yes. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to get any right. Oh, God. <laughs> player number two was his club's record signing. Plays for a London club. Darryl. I heard Taylor first. So, Taylor, what is it? Is it Christian Pulisic? It is not. No. And that does freeze you out. Unlucky, bud. Boys. Oh, boys. Jump right in. Yes, boys. Holler. It is, yeah, Sebastian Holler. Nice work on that. That'll get you those two points. The other clues in this one were previously played for a German team, a French striker. First name is Sebastian, and he uh, seemed to make it count over the weekend against West Ham. Maybe they've got a good investment there after all. We'll see. All right, player number three is a central midfielder. He is on loan from Real Madrid. Voice. Daryl. Voice, yes, voice. Ceballos. Bam, yes, that is absolutely correct. It is Danny Spurs, and that'll get you those two points. The other clues on this one is 23 years of age, a Spanish international currently plays for the Gunners. Danny Spurs, nice work on that. It's a delay. It's a delay on my mic. Uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> Welcome to my world. Man. Welcome to my world. Oh, man, it's Jared all over again. <laughs> Here come the excuses. Told you. All right, player number four is an Italian international. Sold to his club for twenty-eight million pounds with add-ons. Taylor. Yes, Taylor. Is it Patrick Catrone? It is not. No, unfortunately, and that does freeze you out for the rest of the clues. Uh, so, Daryl, Jared, Boyce, these other clues are for you. Uh, is only nineteen years of age. Plays for Everton. Daryl. Yes, Daryl. <laughs> Moise Ken. Yeah, there it is. Nice yeah. work. It'll get my you first points my, ever. Your you first point. He's on the board. Uh, my first who keep the corner flag point. <laughs> Love it. Uh, yes, the other clues on that. Plays for Everton. First name is Moyes. Moyes, uh, Moyes Keane. Do we think he's going to be a good prospect for Everton? Yes, I think so. Yeah, I think, I think, I think, they, I think so as well. I think yeah. they had to part with him to make way for a lot of the other players and a lot of the other players' salaries. But I think that will end up being a very good signing, especially for Everton, who I think needed the like Lukaku-esque striker. And I think Ken, there's a decent chance, will be better than Romelu Lukaku. I'm oh. team Dominic Calvert-Lewin all the way. <laughs> <laughs> Best sides, I love it. All right, guys, this last player of the quiz. See if I can pronounce this. His last name is Cassio Apolario de Lira. Is just 23 years old. Daryl. Yes, Daryl. Is it Joe Ellington? It is Joe Ellington. There yeah. we go. Well done, nice Daryl. Work. Yeah. My new favorite game. player. Everyone, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, including not Jared. Um, other clues on this one is a Brazilian international plays as a center forward 
and plays for Newcastle. Dwellington is the right answer there. Well, guys, that is the quiz. And here are the final scores. Jared, but commiserations. Uh, uh, obviously, I think I got blanked. <laughs> uh, I don't want to say it. Glad you did. Um, maybe, the, <laughs> the, maybe the Spurs hangover is still pretty real, but uh, unlucky. Yeah, so is the real hangover. <laughs> like, like pundit, like team. Oh, man. Uh, Taylor Bud, you got two points. Daryl, you got four points. But, boys, sir, congratulations. You stormed it this week with an impressive ten points. How do you feel? You know, I'm really hoping when I'm at the Emirates on Sunday that it ends 10-0 to the Arsenal. That's wishful thinking, I think. (laughs) Or is it? (laughs) I mean, given Spurs' back line and I think Walker Peters is now injured, too, I I just want you guys to play Musa Sissoko as a left back. That's really... It's really all I want. It could happen. Yeah, trust me, that back line, well, the right back position honestly is more questionable. But uh, anyway, uh, speaking of the North London Derby, let's do our lead in there. Uh, the game is upon us. It is coming up Sunday. Um, let's start with our guests, Daryl and Taylor. What do you think the outcome is going to be? Where is it being? Where, where is it? It's the Emirates. The Emirates. It's really tough, right? Looking at the way these two teams have started the season. Mm-hmm. Um, Spurs are notoriously it... bad at the Emirates, so we'll throw that in there. <laughs> Will it be post September second? Uh, I think it's, no, it's the first. The first, yeah, yeah. Oh, so it's still not quite over, right? So I'm going to say Arsenal because Spurs will still have that um, whole fax machine drama hanging mm. over them until September second. <laughs> fax machine drama. I love that. <laughs> and great. I'm gonna and I'm gonna jump in even though I wasn't asked to uh, to say <laughs> to say that I think here is my like long winded way of saying that I think Arsenal will win. It's because I think um, against. Uh, who do they play this weekend? I'm already forgetting. Arsenal, Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, Unai Emery like like changed it up last minute. I think uh, Liverpool's Trent Alexander-Arnold said they expected them to be in a 4-4-2, and then he changed up the shape, and I think Unai Emery could spring a similar surprise. I think if there's one coach in the Premier League who could handle mm. tactical adjustments, it's Pochettino. But I think Pochettino, with a team that is unsettled and maybe people aren't quite on board yet, maybe some of those changes are harder to implement mid-game. And I think that if Arsenal are able to spring a surprise, I think Spurs are slightly slower to react to it than maybe they would be later on in the season. So I'm going to say Arsenal with three points out of that one. All right. Jared, your thoughts? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I... You okay, bud? You're doing all right. <laughs> I think... It- I think anything could happen, frankly. I mean, I could see this going either way. I think, you know, it being at home for, you know, Gunnarsson, that gives him an edge, you know, kind of mm-hmm. to piggyback off Taylor's comments. I think this unsettled team, uh, I, I, I think there's some pretty decent insight there to how reactive uh, this team could be. Sure. Um, and I, I got to tell you, I mean, this, we've conceded, you know, the first goal in each of these three matches. Uh, and I just, if, uh, if we concede early, uh, uh, then I, I, I really struggle to see how this team could claw back. So I think if we're, I think if it's nil nil after 30 minutes, then we got a shot. But I tell you, if Spurs go down early, then, um, I can, I can see us, uh, re- not being able to claw back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Boys, your thoughts. You know, <laughs> Arsenal only won the first North London Derby that I attended in 2013 and then drew three in a row. But I think this one's going to be different. I just Spurs and Danny Rose and whoever is playing left back. I just don't think that they can cope with Obama, Yang, and Pepe in this match. And if Emery decides to go with a 4-3-3, I think Nicola Pepe gets his first goal of this EPL campaign. I think Obama, Yang just torches them. I, I just don't, especially if they're playing Davis and Sanchez instead of Vertonghen, you know, it, it, even with Alderweireld in the back line, I think, it, you know, is Ndombele healthy? Maybe, maybe not. Deli Alley might be back, but I don't think that makes much of a difference at this point. He hasn't really played. I think this is going to be, I'm going to go 3-1 to the Arsenal. 
All right, there it is. We like, I can say we like it, but I don't. So screw you. Um, I hope they both lose. <laughs> I don't reckon right now. Yeah. Um, Daryl Taylor, thanks again so much for coming on to our uh, onto our show today. Go and tell our listeners real quick a little bit more about your guys' show, the Total Sock Show, and then uh, your other shows as well. Uh, so Total Sock Show is five days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Those would be the days. Those are the days. Uh, we do uh, reviews of all the weekend action. We focus a lot on the U.S. men's national team, the U.S. women's national team. So, for example, the U.S. roster for the men will be out on Wednesday. We'll have a full review of that coming up. Um, our other show is Soccer 101, which is le- a lot less newsy. Um, it's more about sort of soccer concepts and historical things that we uh, timeless things that we get into. So Total Soccer Show and Soccer 101. Mm-hmm. I learned actually from that one episode with the uh, the football, the, the comparisons, right? The British American comparisons like football yeah. is, you know, they were on their feet playing it. You know, the, the whole history <laughs> yes. behind that. It was I love that. guy. That was just awesome. I was like, oh, wait, so I can't use that argument now with American football <laughs> and hand egg. It's kind of a dead argument now. But yeah, anyway. Very educational. I would highly recommend it to our listeners. It is certainly a good listen. And uh, guys, how do you how do you keep up with all these games across all these leagues? I mean, evidently not well enough to win this game. So <laughs> I guess not as, well as, not as well as boys is my answer to that one. Oh, uh, uh, I think patience, significant others, and uh, long Sunday nights slash Monday mornings for me. Because yeah. that's when we do, we always do a weekend wrap up, uh, myself and Daryl sometimes, or myself and uh, Ryan Bailey uh, comes on to help with that as well. Uh, and so it's it's a lot of uh, crammed in watching and trying to kind of spread it out over the weekend if possible. But it. it's, it's a, it's a seven-day week during the season, I think, sure. for both of us. <laughs> Absolutely. And if you had to pick that one league, that has just got the edge for you guys which league would it be it's the premier league we watch yeah. the most right? Good With the, i want to say the bundesliga are close second because there's so many americans there that yep. we just want to keep an eye on weston mckenney and mm-hmm. tyler adams and and all of that but yeah premier league premier league has our attention very say. cool love it love it guys well thank you again uh, it was an absolute blast having you on and uh, we'll for sure get you back at some point in the future uh, but that oh, does wrap I've got, sorry i've got a question before oh, you sure. wrap up yeah who did kick the corner flag Ah, well, that is the ongoing question, guys. And listeners, do re- do write in if you think you have the answer. Uh, we did have previous ones. Carl Walker did two seasons ago. That was a glorious moment, un- unintentional, but snapped it in half against Manchester City. Um, there was one other, Jared or Boyce. Do you remember? I don't remember. What was it at Hudder? Was it? A- it was at Huddersfield, uh, where the poor like grounds crew took like. 15 minutes trying to fix the corner flag. <laughs> that sounds familiar. Yeah, I don't know who the player was for that, but I want to say... I was going to say, I do know that Sead Kolasinac really hates a corner flag, much like he hates a motorcycle-bound gang member. <laughs> Good one. Love it. All right, guys, well, that does wrap up... cut. <laughs> oh, and James, not... I, as someone who hosts the show as well, I apologize for stepping on your outro. It's yeah. very rude, and I apologize. No, don't worry, man. No. James, James, several more things before we go. Yeah, I got some stuff Let's I want to go. No, let's go. Yeah. Um, no, I just right. want to say thanks. That's all. <laughs> no problem, guys. Uh, that, that does wrap up. None of this is being edited, by the way. Uh, that does wrap up our third episode of season three. Thanks, as always, to my guests, Jared Bustamante, Boyce Richardson, and to my guests, Taylor Rockwell and Daryl Grove. Don't forget to check out our social media avenues at Kick Corner Flag on Twitter, at Kick Corner Flag on Instagram, and our Facebook page and website, kickflag.com. Thanks so much for listening, guys, and have a great week.